Startled me. No. You you shardled me. Don't shardle yourself. <laughs> Could you imagine if this became a poo-poo couch? Um listen. while you're sitting on it right next to me, it became poo-poo. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that. Cut you ever you ever listen to any of the Always Sunny podcast? I have, and I almost, I almost wanted to buy the tickets to go see them live in a couple months, and then I realized they were like three hundred piece, and I said, "Why would I pay that much to go sit and watch a bunch of white dudes talk when I can do that at home?" Yeah, that's absurd. Holy shit! It really, yeah, yeah. That, that is actually really absurd. It's also <laughs> interesting that they're doing that too now. Yeah, they're doing that too now. You know, it's you know, it's funny. So like, there's that new show coming out, or it might have already started, but it's the whole like uh, Rob McElhenry and. Uh, Ryan Reynolds about them buying the Wrexham. Yeah, football league. It's already coming out. Uh, you know, I think the whole concept of the show is really neat because of like what they're showing and exploring the whole Wrexham culture and everything. Yeah. Uh, I feel like people are going to watch it and go, wait, Max, Mac is serious? What you mean? Because like Ron Henry, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> like, if have you ever watched his interviews and shit? He's a dick. I haven't. But I can see it's it. Not a, it's not that he's a dick, but, like, I don't know. It's it's funny, because, like, when you watch Always Sunny, you, you know Mac is the lovable oaf that he is. Yeah. And then when you watch Rob McElhenry, and you're like, oh, wow. You are two very different people. Yeah. And it's interesting, because Glenn Howerton... Glenn Howerton and Dennis are the same person. I don't care who you are. And Charlie... I mean, Charlie Day is Charlie... You can't deny that. They are more true to the characters they, they chose to, to play. I, I agree. There's a there's a calculatedness to how Glenn talks and how he kind of holds himself. Yeah, that Glenn, kind of exists in, in all of his work. And Charlie has just always been kind of loose off the cuff. You know, and it's funny. Uh, Glenn Howard and, uh, or even just Dennis's character reminds us of, uh, you know, reminds me of one of our close friends. Django Phillips. Yeah, hands down. Uh, if it's he, it's really funny how similar they are, and I hope that comes through on the podcast from time to time. Like me, me having recorded with him a lot on this show, I a hundred percent see it and hear it in in different things and different <laughs> conversations we have, because he will he will sit there stone faced, quiet, hating something, but not tell you until it is absolutely over. <laughs> and you will realize that you just had this person sitting here stewing for like three fucking hours about a situation you got them into. <laughs> so good segue there. Talking about the word hate. <laughs> uh, I want to rattle off some things I hate or don't know how I feel about still. Okay. Um, be it that I look at your wall of stuff over there, your wall, your wall of my wall of things, your wall of things. You know, I see I see it there. You know, I see the puzzle box itself. And yeah. you know, pinhead on top, and I go, "Hey, did you see the? Did you see the image of a uh, new pinhead of Jamie?" Yeah, 
Here, here. So this isn't the first time we've talked about this on okay, the show, cool. actually, because if if you if you listen even to to the the let's watch of Hellraiser with me and Deputy Dewey, it comes up, and I I support it for one reason, and it's because I want her to come out looking like a chick, but I want her to use her man voice. Okay. I think that that would be the creepiest fucking thing for this character is for her to kind of cuz like girls can like like a, a trans person can like kind of change their voice and like choose to talk differently like if they if they really want to and like mm-hmm. they could just choose to talk like a girl okay, or sure. they could or they could let it all go and actually just talk like a guy. Yeah, yeah, some of that was offensive, but that's fine. No, um. I'm I'm not being offensive. If anything, I'm going off of that fucking meme where the two the two trans gamers meet on chat roulette and they're like, "Yo, fuck you, dude." <laughs> you ever see that? I haven't, but I, I I'll feel show like you. I know you're talking. I'll show about. you that that meme sometime. Um. She's like. So what's your oh, okay. what's I know, your girl I know voice what, yeah, like? No, I know what you're it's like, what the about. fuck are you talking about, dude? What do you mean girl voice? I bet you can't do a girl. And then she does like the perfect girl voice. I'm not. I'm not fucking around with their identities or their genders. I'm saying, if you are a trans person and you are a, and you identify as a woman, but you were a man, you need to pull out that fucking man voice for Pinhead Baby. Like, that's the only way I'm gonna take you seriously. Because if you get up there and you try being all sexy, I'm Pinhead with tits, I'm just gonna... The plot is gone. Yeah. yeah. The, the line is gone. Because you're not supposed to want to fuck these things. Well, mm, I know you're looking at Chatterbox and you're like, that mouth. Yeah. What that mouth do. I'm glad you remembered the name, because that's... That's the one I was thinking of specifically. Chatterbox or, uh, you know, the I'm fucking gonna... guy with the sunglasses. Call... I forget what I called him. I forget. We, we... He has a name. God, he... if I remember. He has a name. I think I just called him Meatball all, all during the movie. Um, we're going to we're going to find out because I'm going to pull out my I'm going to pull out my favorite fucking joke. Uh, what's what's the fat Cenobite's name? Butterball. Butterball. Yes, I did remember that actually. Um, in in the Let's Watch, <laughs> in the Let's Watch with Deputy Dewey, um, you never actually see Butterball return to the to the to the cube. She never, Christy, Christy never turns to him and saps him back into the cube. He gets hit by a rafter and just goes down. And so my joke was, after the house gets all sucked up and Christy and her fucking boyfriend leave. Butterball's just fucking sitting there and he decides that he's going to move to New York and become a star and the next movie's going to be called Butterball in the Big City. <laughs> I thought that joke was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> I thought you were going to go on a very Thanksgiving route. Oh. And... You know, he's just gonna become a butterball. He settles turkey. down. He settles. No, he settles down. He gets a wife. He has a kid. It's like a National Lampoon movie. Oh, thanks, Killing. I was gonna say it's like a National Lampoon movie, but instead of Chevy Chase, it's Butterball. You know why haven't they made an? You know why I guess Cabin of Woods kind of fits that then. I was gonna say why haven't they made like a, you know, family vacation movie, but it's like horror themed. Like, God, I mean, Chevy Chase is an asshole and all. 
But, like, if he resumed the role of Clark Griswold, and they got everyone back, get him back in the fucking station wagon, can you imagine him just, like, pulling up in, like, a scary woods situation, there's Leatherface? Well, it's scary enough, because he would would drive down a block and drop the N-word, like, four times, and then you wouldn't be able to have a movie anymore. But I'm going to take your statement, and I will raise you Hills Have Eyes. Just put them all in a station wagon? No, the Hills Have Eyes sequel is about a family trying to go on a trip together and oh. they're driving they're driving through the desert when their car gets you know. Driving through the desert on a horse with no name. Yep. Yeah. Um, so besides that point though, Butterball in the big city. I'm not giving you that one. <laughs> so I'm looking at your green boy there. And like Which I know one? who it is. What's like I know it's Oogie? Bo- it's Oogie Boogie Doogie Woogie. Oh, or the Gremlin. Oh shit! There's a Gremlin. Fuck. Yeah, you see this little Gremlin yeah, boy. Get him out of there. <laughs> you fed him, bro. You're not supposed to. Yo, yeah. bro, bro, bro. Yeah. Come on, bro. Um, bro. Go, speaking of mean and green, um, I'm a mean green mother from outer space, and I'm bad. <laughs> Okay, what I'm the mean, fuck? How do you have an answer to everything I'm about to say? Um, um, <laughs> I, have a, I have Audrey. I have Audrey, too. The potted plant from Little Shop of Horrors in my hand. I wanted to pull a reason for Such you to pull one. out Michael Myers, but I couldn't really think of it. I can't think of what he's called again. Did you know that they're putting... Um, they're bringing Trick or Treat to theater for the first time this, this October? It's never been in theaters. It was never released in theaters, no. Trick or Treat was a direct-to-DVD. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah, Universal didn't know what to do with it back when it came out, because it came out at a bad time, I think, in between, like, the writer's strike or something. So they just sent it right to DVD. It got such a huge cult following that now it's finally getting its... It's getting a segmented release in October. Well, that's good, then. Good yeah. for it. I'm proud of it. I've seen it, I, I, I've seen it in... Um, Movie theater lineups for drive-ins during, um, during the season. So, yeah, point being, uh, Big Mean and Green, um, I'll let you see if you're going to pull another one out of nowhere off of that one. Frankenstein's up there, but I know you're not going to get up oh, to grab little, him. He's a little far. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't think of... What's Michael Myers' secondary name? Isn't he called the, like, the shape? shape? Yeah. The Shape. Um, so, point being... The shape of what, right? Shape of you, Ed Sheeran? Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, point being, though, is uh, I saw a scene recently from a TV show that, you know, came out recently. And, you know, I apologize to anyone that does happen to actually like it. Uh, but, like, She-Hulk attorney at law needs to go burn in a fucking trash can. <laughs> I saw the Meg the Stallion scene, and I just went, wow, that CGI didn't get better. Mm. I was kind of hoping it would. I kind of thought, like, hey, maybe it's just a trailer CGI, and it'll be better when it comes out. Oh. Uh, I know you've probably watched it. I've, I've, watched, I've watched all of it, but I... Here comes the... Here comes I, really, the I really don't mind it. I've had a feeling you're going to say it. I really don't mind it. It it's it is what it is. The show isn't serious. And once once you realize that it's not being a serious show, I just let it kind of do its own thing. It's like it, there's a fine line between a lot of the MCU shows where I can I can bitch because it tries to be serious and it fails miserably 
you know? Makes sense. This one isn't trying, and it still has some pretty in impressive stuff happen. Um, I'm a big fan of what uh, Abomination's current plot is like. The kind of pseudo-redemption of his character. Um, and if this is the program where that needs to happen, sure. Um, if this program is also a springboard for World War Hulk, I'm for it. So, you know, I'm not going to judge it on its Megan the Stallion <laughs> when it might actually have some weight. Um, but that being said, the show is not serious. It's not taking itself seriously. It could have serious implications, but where it where it is right now is coming from a place of humor. I would liken it to a shitty Harvey Birdman. You know, you could have just lived lived with what I said, but you had to you had to go further. Oh, she's straight fuckable though. Oh, you, defi you definitely want to get in them big green pants. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that bad CGI ain't that bad. She's she's got the curves in the right places. Oh no. You want to get up right in that skirt and have her just squeeze your head like a fucking grape. Yeah, it'll pop you like a can. Yeah. Like crush you like a can. Sorry. Yeah, man. Her toe is the size of your entire, like, genital. And you're mm. just... There's something crazy about that, man. On mm. oh, side note. Hi. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And the my big old name, green titties, too. My name is Roger Smith. I'm uh, allowed to... I'm allowed to say it because... I'm here because even the old comics used to talk about, about it. Even the old comics would be like... Uh, Oh, look at this frame of naked you know, She-Hulk, and she's like, "Oh, don't look at my, don't look at me." I'm here to talk about. I busted how out of my clothes. Make a proper, a proper pasta dish. Uh, first, first you, uh, you take a little bit of water. You put in, you put in your pot. Okay, uh, sound boy, give me some sounds. Okay, um, sound boy, uh, buddy, help me out here. Give me some better water going to pot sounds. Thank you, thank you. We can all have a better day when we all help each other out. So, um, you put the water in the pot, and you put the pot on the stove. That's sound boy. Come here. Okay, that was a good one. Turn on the stove. Uh, you know, the stove turns on. The thing, ooh, ooh, sound boy. Sound boy. So I don't really give a shit that she has big green tits, Yeah, bro. big green tits, dude. That's the only reason I'm watching the show. I want I want to be in between them. I want to be I want to be looking at her kind of weird clay face as I'm in between those giant fucking Mil mommy milkers oh no it's dude all the same feels about about fucking uh lady demetresque from from oh. from uh resident evil 8 man all the same feels for she hulk <sighs> okay. i'm in the minority here but like honestly like i'm gonna no, don't it's gonna no, happen no, at some point i'm gonna are you saying minority because of like she hulk Yes, I'm okay. in the minority of the She-Hulk. Everyone can agree that Demetresque fucks. Yeah, okay, yeah, hands down. But, like... The reason she was in that, that game one. is because she fucks. Yeah. And, like... 
would you would you give your life for that fuck? Because she's a fucking vampire witch, and she will eat your fucking soul. So, like, is it worth it? Yeah, but, like, hashtag girl boss, bro. Hashtag girl power. Hashtag green tits. Yeah. <laughs> so, once again, thank you for tuning in for the 16 I was going to cut everything we've said about <laughs> She-Hulk, but now I can't because it's just, it's it's been a five minute long conversation. So now I have to keep all the misogynistic things I've just said in the show. Well, you said it. I questioned it. Uh, I wasn't being entirely serious, but I was. The about same, the Dimitrescu stuff. At the same time. No, I was being serious about all of it. Yeah, I want the fishmonger guy to crush my skull. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the one that's like, oh, okay. it's me, the fish guy. <laughs> he vomits everywhere and he turns into a big fish. Yeah. Yeah, him. I like that guy. Yeah. Um. Hey, it's me, your host, Ethan Winters. You know, Megan the Stallion can get it, too. I don't fucking care. Yeah, Nicki no, that's Minaj fine. looking ass. Get over here. Yeah, sure, that's fine. You can't even say the alphabet. I don't care. Bro, like, what? <laughs> Megan the Stallion is called the Stallion because she has the brain of a horse. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> How much of the Megan Thee Stallion lore are you into right now? I'm into 0% of it, which is why I make that statement proudly. Okay. I'm saying the bitch is dumb, but she got the body and booty of... You hear that? The, the sound guy needs to stop jacking off, is what I'm thinking. That's... Oh, shit, fuck. Look, yeah, look what you Hello. did. You rang the welcome. goddamn dinner We want to welcome our special guest. The God of Thunder! He's gone. And away. <laughs> He'll come back on his own. We walked off into the sunset, never to be seen again. He's a lanky dog. So, like, there's a creepy factor. To the, oh, he's back. Hello. I'm kidding. You're not creepy. He yeah. hurt. He heard you. Come here. It's funny that you would call him creepy, because if you knew how fucking stupid he was, you, you would abandon all thought. Nah, he's not creepy. He's just got a long leg. He's a no. He's a long boy, and I remember that story we read about the, uh, the the dude getting left at the cabin with the long dog. Long dog, bro. Hashtag long dog. <laughs> Hashtag bring long dog back. Hashtag. We're never gonna read the stories on this episode. <laughs> oh, you remember that long dog episode? Yeah, it was a creepy one. Yeah. The dog got longy. The dog was gone though, and we were sad because don't kill dogs in horror fiction. You know. I can't think of the movie, so we're not going to worry about it too much. But there was a movie we watched, uh, me, uh, God, what the fuck, Harold Heavyhands <laughs> and Franz McBoo, who watched together. Yeah. It's about this hunter in a cabin, and it's this weird fucking witch film, or like pagan film. It's, you know, that's a theme with a lot of these films we've seen all together recently. I know, he made me, he wanted me to watch that with him, and I refused. So you watched it with him? The witch one? Yeah, where yeah. it's like in Alaska and shit. Yeah. It's fucking, it's interesting. It's not bad. There's okay. some really good shots, but the story is fucking trash. Yeah. And point being is there's a part where he's in a cabin and the dog gets lost and Aww. he can't find a dog. That's not And good. I sat and went, yo, this is That's long dog. Dong God. That's hashtag Gone long dog. long dog story. Gone dog. Gong. Hashtag gone girl. Ha 
get going. All right, so this is Lost of Pasta. Get I'm your good. host, Captain Death. <laughs> uh, and I'm your co-host, uh, Smarry the Smickler. Yeah, this is Smarry the Smickler. Uh, Smarry, tell us a little about your, uh, yourself. I I'm uh, I'm Smarry, and I you know you got the Smeckles that I'm Smickling, I'm Smeckling them. Wow. Oh my God! Did you talk to Justin Roiland before you got here? Because that just sounds like a Rick and Morty character. Oh, 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 oh my schmeckles! Oh, hooey! Just stop. Oh, stop. but can I be your Rick Sanchez? Yeah, if you could do it. Hurry, I'm Rick. <laughs> nah, I already I have an idea. Like, hey, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, hey, let me do, your, Rick, do my Rick, Rick Sanchez. Oh, Morty. Sammy! Sam! There you go. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's my Dean Winchester. That's a good one. Sam, get in the car! <laughs> Dean, I don't want to get in the car. <laughs> Sam! You're about to be impenetrated. It's, I mean, penetrated by Lucifer again. It's literally, it's like I'm sitting there watching the, oh, sorry. <clears throat> the 15 seasons of Supernatural <clears throat> that exist. Hey, Dean. <laughs> It's me, hey, your, ass butt. your saucy <laughs> fanfic. Every girl has written about us fucking at some point. Your hetero life partner. Cassiel, the angel. Remember? Casserole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, me and Bam got in the car. We're the Winchesters. I'm B. <sighs> and our dad, he died. Came back. Mom's alive again. I'm going to die again, I guess. <laughs> Maybe Sam, too. We don't know. Lucifer's out again. And I fucked the epitome of the word darkness. <laughs> this is a woman in a, a fucking dress. There's so much worse things you can say, but I'm glad that that's, that's where you kind of draw the line. It just shows how much you really know. Like the Siren episode where the deaf chick comes in, she's like, I hunt ghosts, too. <laughs> and they're like, what? And then how? She, <laughs> fucking how? She sign languages to <laughs> the random woman that wants to fuck Dean. The old woman that's like, oh, Dean, give me a sponge bath. <laughs> and Dean's like, oh, no. And Sam's nearby going, hell yeah. And this was a conversation from someone who's watched three episodes of Supernatural. <laughs> I've seen enough to know. You 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 have, but I want to move Harold on. Harold I want to move is a on. Big fan, I need to move I on. I think he needs to come back for an episode sometime soon. I, I think the only probably reason... when you watch season fifteen of Supernatural. Don't. <laughs> he's been holding it. He's been holding it over my head like a gun for like he's years. Put yourself through it. He's like. He's like, if I could get to season fifteen and wait for you, you could get to season fifteen. I'm like, dude, I haven't even started the second episode of 14 don't don't push me to 15 i gave up i'm i'm no longer interested when did you give up when uh Lucifer dude i gave up in again? like fucking season seven and i stuck with it man like it's such a waste of time yeah but jeffrey dean morgan he's daddy is in, winchester is in better things yes he's in oh, better okay. things and you could go watch him in better things okay 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 i'll see uh, 
Did you decide what you want to be for Halloween this year? Not yet, but I've been looking at these presents. I appreciate you saying that you're coming, like, almost immediately and not playing some kind of, like, dick game. I'll, I'll change it to interested if you need me to. Fuck, dude. Um, you know, I, I keep seeing these prosthetic fingers, and I, I might buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might yeah. buy those. That's those it, though. That's all I'm going to show up with, but I'm going to inconvenience everyone. <laughs> That's funny. That's like, funny, hey, man. You nice could literally drink and dip my you finger could be, in. You could be insert your name here. I might from the hot dog stro- finger universe from oh. everything, everywhere, all at once. I still gotta watch that movie. You never, really... you haven't seen it? Not yet. I want to really bad. Damn it! You could be from the hot dog finger universe. It'll be great. It'll be great. I, a hundred percent support that. I've decided on being Billy Butcher. I'm going to dye all my facial hair and... You're going to walk around going, Oi! Cunt! <laughs> yeah, to everyone. Okay, yeah. yeah you and know I'm going to host all the games in accent, so I'm going to walk up to people and be like, You know what? You're going ah. to play this fucking game. Yeah, you got to do fucking, s- like fucking smirk that I hate. I hate <laughs> his fucking smirk. He does it so much. Car... I was going to say Keith Urban, Urban for a second <laughs> Keith there. Urban. But Carl Urban, Just I like Keith. him as an actor. I hate that smirk he does so much. Because he just does it. I'll be Huey. Oh, my God. I'll be Huey, uh, drug addict Huey. Cool. I'll just show up and <laughs> there'll be a minute where I won't have clothing on. I just like, I just like the cool. That's the best thing I can think of. Because even... even Alley Cat was like, I'm not being anyone from the boys. You can't make me. And so she just decided to be something else. That's fine. Yeah, that's what I said. I really just want to be... I, I just want to be Billy so I can walk around calling everyone cunt. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that for now. Plus, I, I feel like I can pull it off. I'm, I'm gonna... I'm, I got... I got specials. I'm gonna continue growing out the beard, obviously, going towards October. And I'm, I got this black wax that I'm gonna put in it to make it look really thick. And then I'm going to use a spray for my hair and my, my eyebrows. But I'm going to put some, like, scars on my face. And I'm going to carry around a fake crowbar. And I'm going to have my trench coat. And I'm going to beat shit out of people. I'm hoping my feet get picked up on that randomly. I think it is. Nice. 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 I'm going to dye my hair red and beat a scene in Squid Game. Where he goes. Where he goes, I'm going to dye my hair red. <laughs> yeah. I like that scene. I like you know, that scene a lot. I was really into Squid Game, just covered it real fast. I was really into Squid Game, and I, I slept through the whole last episode. <laughs> and then yeah, like, last episode I, sucks, I, I turned to last Frowns episode sucks. and Honestly, stop, Harold. Stop when the games stop, and you'll be like, oh, like what happened? And they went, well, he got anime protagonist hair color. He did. And didn't get on plane. Right. And now we have to have a second And season. old guy is bad guy. Well, yeah, we knew that. That I knew about. I saw that scene, at least. Oh, okay. That old guy won an Emmy. Yeah, he did. Because he was, like, the best character. Because he's an old guy. Yeah. And he acts real good at being old. He does. He, <laughs> he does. does. He do, though. It's because he is. He's, like, 90-something. Yeah, he good, though. He, he good, cool. though. I'd be his dad. Okay. So this is Lots of Pasta, and I'm Captain Death. And I'm here with Terry the Tickler. I might be. Oh, oh Christ. What and was that? I just let it loose. Yeah, you did. That did something. It rocked the couch. It did. <laughs> it shot out of me with, like, the power of, like, a couple well-placed taps. Oh, shit. Here. Keep talking. Don't no, 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 worry no. about it. No, 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 no. 
You don't want my weed is in there, and also that that tube is really important. So I don't want that to fall. Why? What is it? What is it? It's a it's an official 1978 vintage picture of the original Creep Show that was in a letterbox, and it's a hand painted thing from Hawaii. Why you gotta roll it up still? Because I haven't been able to take it out and get it framed, and and like honestly, look at this room. Where would I put it? It's so big. Yeah, so. Have you ever seen it? No. Grab it. It's really fun. No, not yet. Not right now. But it's so cool looking. Yeah, I'll see you later. I don't like the angle enough to grab it if it, there's so much importance on it. Well, it's a tube, but I understand. Um, so, oh. all, all of this conversation is leading up to our movie review. Is leading on up. On the movie Nope. Ah! I fucking love that movie. Yeah, same. I fucking loved that movie. I saw it twice in theaters. I saw it in original screen, and then I went back and saw it in IMAX because I liked it so much. It was definitely better in IMAX. That shit was beautiful. I'd believe it. Shit was made Well, that's the whole big point IMAX. of it, too, is he sat and said that Yarr. he directed it specifically in IMAX. So. And I fucking loved it, dude. I loved it. It was my favorite movie of the year. Uh, other than everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Northman, those so those are Northman. those are the runners. Those are the runner ups for best movies of this uh, year. Best and movies a, of this a, year for me. And a, and a and a big dick shout out to Spider Man No Way Home for making me touch my fucking penis in a theater with kids. Bro, do you want to talk about that? I'm just talking about Andrew Garfield's fucking acting ability, man. Yeah, you know it's funny when you think back to that. And like Andrew Garfield, you're like, eh, he could go places. And then now look at him. He's going places. He's been places. He has. He got he has. Emmys. He got... He got Dremmys. He got uh, he other got... awards that are notable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, I'm just going to say my movie of the year so far is Men. And Sonic 2. So, today's episode, <laughs> we you lost me at men, so I have to I have to derail before I lose my fucking mind. Um, on today's episode, uh, on an equally frustrating train of thought, do I lead us to not hot but spicy, uh, an enigma of the internet? Uh, these forums have been recently closed. Um, but they existed for a certain amount of time, and I copied all the short stories from the forums because I thought they were super interesting. You never know what you're going to get. Every story is super random. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are people being trolls because it was funny back then. And uh, you never, like I said, you never know what you're going to get. Could be a story about a monster. Could be a story about a ghost. Could be a story about a haunted teapot. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle. Here is my gat. So, on other episodes of Not Hot But Spicy, uh, we've run into this. We've run into this, you know, trait that kind of comes up in every episode, where it's always kind of like the least expecting one is the one that's just, like, not serious at all, and it's just about some stupid shit. So, um, 
Are you getting at the one I specifically, like, asked for? I'm thinking... So you wanted to read this set of stories because it has the wire man yeah. in in the middle. And we'll, we'll get there. Because um, you thought the idea of the wire man yeah. was creepy. And then I informed you that it could just be the dude's username and it could really be a story about, like, a fucking fish. I hope so. Great. So, we're going to start with the first one. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Eeny, meeny, miny. You're starting. <laughs> so, for the first story we're going to read, or we could split it, or whatever you feel <sighs> oh, like. Oh, man. This is a story, Taraj. This guy named... Nebius. This This guy Eight. named... God, God damn it. <laughs> the Secret Room. Just like Secret Window. So this guy named Taraj, <laughs> T-A-H-R-A-J-J, wrote this story called... I lost my bottle. <laughs> the Secret Room. Okay. I... <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I haven't posted this story because even though things work out okay, I was... I was terrified and thinking about how she looked and how I felt makes me feel the same way when I remember it. Wow. I live in the second oldest house in my area near Waco, Texas, from when I was about 11 till I was 18. I don't know the significance of this, really, but I feel it's the only possible explanation for any supernatural presence. I'm not sure when the house was first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, I got brain age. Cause I like was you know I'm picking up DS games and shit. Yeah. And uh, I got brain H one, and one of the things is reading a story as fast as you can. And man, I did not put that game down for like a whole month. <laughs> and then I went, this is taking up too much of my life. Right. <sighs> okay, so I don't know the significance of this really, but I feel the only possible explanation for any supernatural presence. Yeah, the only possible explanation for any supernatural. That's just weird. Uh, I'm not sure when the house was originally built, but the rest of the houses around mine were built in the 40s and 50s, so I suppose it's older than that. The house seemed normal when we first moved in. Only two families have lived there over the years, so it wasn't like there was a high turnover rate. In fact, no one really noticed or mentioned anything supernatural with the house. You remember Sotal? Mm. The only people who owned the house before it were the people who built it, the family who built it. Oh, really? So I, I always, did not know that. I always felt like Sodal was was a weird fucking house. It was. Somebody died in the house. Hell yeah, dude. Um. However, there was a secret room. Quote unquote secret room. Secret room. Secret. Hey. Room. Do you want to check out this secret room? Nah. Oh. That's it. That's the story. That's no. the rest. Uh, the room was actually a selling point for my parents to help us deal with moving. Even though my dad was in the military, we had lived at our past house for quite a while and didn't want to move. So, of course, when my parents said there was a secret passage connecting one of the possible bedrooms with a secret room, we became excited about the new house. Nice. My dad was giddy and my laughing dad is Batman. and spitting up his pudding. Uh, my sister and I fought for it, but I won because the other bedroom already had flower wallpaper up. When I first saw my room, I went straight to the closet to see the secret door. Secret door. Secret. Quote, unquote, secret door. Secret door. Secret door. Uh, the secret door wasn't really secret. 
Wow, okay. What the fuck you do? It was right in the back of the closet, plain to see. However, it was a lot smaller than any normal door. Even when I was only 11 or 12, I had to squat down to get in. It looked like it was made for a child to use. That I do not like. Yeah, I know, obviously. Well, Coraline door. It's gonna lead you to the slick back dimension. <gasps> oh my god. Shut up, hell! They have <laughs> button eyes. Oh, I get where you're going with that. <laughs> Uh, another interesting thing was that the door handle was not really built into the door. It was just a handle added as an afterthought. This made me think it was originally just some sort of attic or crawl space door that, and not meant for a room. The door was lockable by key from my side of the door. The other side had no handle or keyhole. When you open the door, there's a very small hallway, which is the same height as the door and not really fit for an adult, but it's just a few feet long, and then you get into the room. I've seen houses with these before. They, they are like crawl spaces. Yeah, also, why was this a selling point? The room was just an empty room. It wasn't. This person has Asperger's. <laughs> oh, no. I like the little room. Oh, no. <laughs> Did they get cheese with it? Get it? <laughs> okay. That was the offensive joke of the night. One of them. Hashtag green tits. <laughs> Hashtag girl boss. Uh, the room oh. was just an empty room added above the garage of the house. There's no way out except for the secret passage to my secret closet. There were no windows. One light was a string used to turn it on hanging from the ceiling. And the room was completely white with seemingly new wallpaper. Yep, that's a no. That's What's a no room. under the wallpaper? There was no furniture or anything left in the room from the previous owners. In fact, I don't think the previous owners used it at all. I believe they sealed before or soon after they moved in and wasn't touched since then since it was pretty dusty but who knows the lock didn't seem very old and it was hard time moving it as if it was rusted or door was warped or something um now my parents thought the room could be me and my sister's own little toy room or whatever when they first saw it but after moving in they had second thoughts i'm not sure what it was but they said it was because they wouldn't be able to hear us if we got hurt in that room since it was so detached from the rest of the house of course, since we wanted our own secret room so badly, they gave in, but said that we had to tell them when we were playing in there, and we had to keep the door to my room, my closet, and my secret room open at all times when we were there. Notice how he, uh, adding possessive of my secret room. Mine. My Fuck you, little secret sis. room. So we went on, and like I said earlier, nothing much really supernatural happened in the rest of the house. And to even too much in the secret room, at least not to me. My stepsister, stepbrother. No, it's regular sister. My sister no secrets in that room. Uh, an imaginary friend. <laughs> Whenever I wasn't in there, I could hear her talking and whispering to someone. I noticed that although at first she used to have fun in there... That as time went on, she kind of seemed sadder when she was in there. However, up until now, this could all be coincidence, so I didn't give it much thought. The only weird thing that happened with me was at night, I thought I could hear some sort of scratching on the walls behind my room. Except it wasn't really with fingernails, it was a softer sounding. It was softer sounding. It wasn't on the door, but coming from inside the room. Now I believe that I only heard this at night because it was quiet at night and the scratching rubbing sound was so soft that you normally couldn't hear it. We had uh, squirrels in our attic for a couple years and trying to sleep on the top floor by myself drove me fucking insane. So that's actually why I moved to the basement when I was watching Sotal House. Interesting. Because I could have had the master bedroom if I well, wanted yeah. it. 
You know you wouldn't want to stay up there anyways. Hell no, it's fucking but I guess, up there, dude. Yeah, like, the basement is better in the end, but, like, when you think about it, I guess you could have utilized the weird living room. The house That's did true. have, like, such a weird li living room set up, though. It did. But, um... Sorry. I really have uh, no idea. And the scratching rubbing sound was so soft that you normally couldn't hear it. I really had no idea what it was. I told my dad once, and he looked around to see some... For some animal, but I couldn't find any, so we just forgot about it, and I lived with it. <laughs> cool. Like I said, it was so soft, it never really bothered me. It could be some far-off tree rubbing one out against the house, for mm -hmm. all I knew. The rubbing happened consistently, but like I said, I never paid it much mind. At least until my sister went into the room one night. Great. Oh, Why no. wouldn't she? And then I heard stepbrother. Uh, <laughs> she knew about the rubbing, too. And Imaginary never... friend. Oh no, I'm stuck in the washer. Uh, she knew I'm stuck in the hallway between these rooms. I'm now green titted Hulk. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I hate everything. Uh, she knew about the rubbing too and never really said anything about it. One night though, probably about a year or so after moving into the house, the rubbing was going on as usual. I was in that limbo before falling asleep when I thought that someone was in my room and unlocking the closet door. I thought it might have been a dream, but I looked around and saw my door and closet door open. So I got up to check it out. I was a little scared, but I realized it was probably mom or dad checking out the rubbing sound since I told them it still happens sometimes. I turned the light on in my closet and looked in. I saw a figure sitting in the room facing the wall. Now, even when I was a kid, I had been pretty brave. I was still scared since I was pretty young, but I knew that you can just run up or you'll never know. And I said, hello? <clears throat> Sorry, let me redo that for you. I said, hello? 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 And I heard, she wanted to see me. She wanted me to see. Shut up, okay? She wanted me to see. <laughs> and what sounded like my sister's voice, the light was in the middle of the room, and it was tough taking even those few steps to get to it in the middle of the dark room. But like I said... I couldn't just leave, so I just went there and turned it on. When I looked at the figure, it was indeed my sister, sitting and scratching at the wallpaper. I touched her, and she was crying, so I pulled her up and took her out of the room. I'm really glad that I didn't just lock the door and run, or else she'd be stuck in there all night. This is one reason why I never run away from anything. I'm normal. Haha. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm dude. brave, boy. I locked the door, took her to her room, and watched as she went to sleep. I really thought she could have been sleepwalking, or something, although she had never had before. And since it was over, I didn't want to wake up my parents. I went back to sleep. The next day, I asked my sister in the morning if she remembered going into the room, and she looked freaked out. I told her she was probably just sleepwalking, but she said, Oh, no. That the girl asked Quote, her, unquote, the girl. The girl. The girl. Hey, it's the girl. Asked her to come look at her pictures. She didn't start crying, but she was about to because she was so scared. I didn't ask who the girl was. The, the girl. girl. I told her it was just a dream and went to prove it. She didn't want to enter the room again, so I went in and saw where she was scratching on the wall. Only a little bit was scratched away, so I started peeling some more wallpaper off. Under the wallpaper were different pictures drawing what looked like crayon. There were typical kids' pictures of mainly cats and houses. Houses? Okay. Uh, however, there was one picture that I thought was weird. 
it was a little girl, a cat, a mom, and a dad. Now everything looked like a normal kid family portrait, except the dad had no face. No face. It was Slender Dad. It was Slender Dad coming to Fox Eight New. I mean, uh, Fox uh, Fox Fridays. TGIFs. <laughs> sure. Slender Dad. It's Slender Dad. He's slender and a dad and steals children. Uh, it was just a circle. Of course, my rational side said she just never finished it. But still, the dad picture looked strangely out of place, like the lines were distorted, like she had trouble drawing it. Anyways, I told my parents and they yelled at me for pulling back the wallpaper. You little shit. <laughs> I didn't want my sister to get in trouble. I so. can't go in there and fix it. God damn it. So I, didn't say I need to anything. hire a midget carpenter. Oh, bro, you can't say that anymore. So what we watched say? a movie called Tiptoes. Um, oh, holy shit. Tiptoes. <laughs> what a what a fucking experience, dude. Oh, man. So I didn't want my Remember the part where he's on the couch? Stop I didn't it. want my sister to get in trouble, so I didn't say anything about her or what happened last night. My parents said we had to get it fixed now and were mad and didn't let me play in there again as punishment. The whole thing still seemed normal to me. Kids draw on walls. Parents put wallpaper to cover it up. I didn't realize until later that night when the scratching rubbing sound started up that it sounded like a crayon. I really started thinking that it was the girl, the girl that my sister talked about was drawing on the wall. Drawing on the wall. Drawing on the wall. My bum is on the phone. My <laughs> bum is on the phone. Now, after this happened, wall. I started believing that the girl was actually in there. Once I started acknowledging her presence, weirder things began to happen. It happened really slowly. I was about 14 or 15 after the episode with my sister, and weird things were happening slowly over the course of the next years. I lived in a house up until I was 18. The changes were so subtle that I didn't really notice that they were happening until much later. The drawing sounds increased a little bit and soon were audible even during the day. I also started hearing little pattering of feet. The more he, <laughs> the more I heard these sounds, the more emotional I felt about them. I started feeling very angry the more I heard the sounds, especially when I was trying to sleep. However, I always managed to control myself and try to think that this girl was obviously sad and just trying to have fun and I calmed myself down. However, this was going on so long that I finally asked my sister when I was about 16. Oh, Christ. Um, hey, sis. Are you my real sister? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the girl? You know, why is Goofy a dog but Pluto's a dog? Um, so I asked her if she... <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> I asked her if she ever heard the sound. She said that she did, although they were pretty quiet. Now, I didn't think this was so weird, since obviously I could hear them too, and I told her how annoying it was. She kind of looked at me as if she was hurt and said that every time she heard the sound, she felt really sad. She had trouble talking about it, but I told her that this is pretty important since it's going to affect the rest of my years left in the house. What the hell is this kid doing? Is he like a fucking... Fortune 500 owner that, like, is going to move out on a whim. It's Jeff Bezos' origin story. Oh, the little vote. The girl said, pray Amazon. <laughs> Own half of the world. Uh, she told me that the girl was the girl that the she girl. used to talk to when she played in the room. She didn't know her name, but they used to play together. She said she looked a lot, I mean, looked just like a little girl. About her age, so they had fun together. However, as my sister got older, uh, oh, sorry, uh, excuse me, uh, the little girl seemed to get older too, except very unnaturally. 
It was subtle at first, but soon she began hated seeing her. She said she looked as if she shouldn't have been alive anymore. Ooh. I didn't really know what this meant. My sister said she wore the same dress the whole time, even when the girl grew out of it. I asked her why she went into that room that one night to find the pictures, and she said she really didn't want to, but the girl made her feel so sad, and she'd do anything to help her out. However, this still freaked her out, and I didn't ask any more questions. Things got worse every night, and I hated hearing that sound. I was so mad that she wouldn't just shut up so I could sleep. <laughs> like, okay, bro, calm down. The weird thing was, I was scared at the same time, since I knew that whatever was in there wasn't actually alive anymore. What also freaked me out was that the sound didn't annoy my sister, but I guess she had more tolerance than I did. I asked my parents who used to live here, and they said a family of two sons. Of course, this didn't have anything to do with the room, since they had it locked off the entire time they were there. So I asked if they knew anything about the family before then. They said the original owners were the ones who had the house built, and that they didn't know much about them, except that they had a daughter who died when she was 11. <gasps> I asked if they knew how she died, but they said it was some sort of accident, so it wasn't murder or child abuse or anything. Oh, so I asked if she died in the secret room, but they said they don't think so. I really think that this was the girl in the room, although I have no idea why she inhabited still. Once I knew that I sort of <clears throat> had an idea with what I was dealing with, last year was when things got the worst. I heard a almost constant drawing and her jumping around inside the room. The footsteps sounded heavier and were louder. If I ever heard it, I'd pound on the door to the room and she'd stop immediately. Shut up! But I'd hear her soft whimpering or crying. <laughs> She'd also start drawing again later on. Sometimes I'd scream at her to shut up. I really got mad every time it happened since it's been going on for six years. However, I knew that I had to do something about this. I was a lurker by the time, so I've read a lot of ghost stories, story threads, and I remember how... I, I wasn't going to read that correctly there. I remember how pussy most of the goons were regarding ghosts and never checked anything out. Bro. Super cool guy Jafar. right here. So, I knew that I had to go at least understand what was going on exactly and if, it possible, and if possible, end it. I didn't really have a plan, but I knew I had to see the gussy or talk to her or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Last year, shortly before I turned 18, my parents went away for the weekend. So I took the keys to the secret room from their room. They kept it ever since locking it that day when I took off the wallpaper. I was determined to see her, so I stayed up expecting to hear sounds. I couldn't hear anything, so soon I just fell asleep. It was about 1am when I woke up to a loud bang. Burn! Sorry. Yeah. Like someone jump or, jumped or fell. I heard her footsteps afterwards and of course the drawing. The first thing I felt before any fear was pure anger. I hated that she woke me up, even though this was what I wanted. I immediately grabbed the key and went to the door. I was pounding on it and I said, that's it. <laughs> that's it! <laughs> and unlocking the door, the sound stopped and I heard whimpering. <laughs> I threw open the door and this was the first time I saw the room in years. The light coming from my room illuminated a figure in the room, much like when I saw my sister years earlier. Mm. This is when I began to feel a wave of different emotions. I was really angry, really scared, yet I also knew that I had to do this and remain calm. I went into the room and stood a few feet away from the figure which was standing in the corner. I turned on the light 
what I saw was probably the most horrific sight I could probably have ever even thought of in my entire life. I hate that statement. Any horror movie monster had nothing on how unnatural the girl looked. I finally realized why my sister described her in such a weird way. Her body was taller and she could have than she could have been. Her limbs were so lanky and bony and stretched like she kept growing past how tall she should have been. She was wearing a really small dress and was really tight on her body. Her face looked as if her head had continued to grow, but her face had not. The skin was stretched and the eyes were sunk back into her head, yet wide open, and her small childlike teeth were exposed since her lips were stretched back with the rest of her face. Her hair was down to her waist, her face and tears streaming down. Oh, her face had tears streaming down. I took all of this in. Just a moment. I took all of this in, in just a moment. And as soon as we met eyes, she let out a wail as if she was crying and moaning at the same time. It wasn't a loud wail like most people describe ghosts. It was pretty soft and it was as if she was in terrible pain, but I couldn't tell her expression since her face was so unnatural and stretched. As soon as I heard the wail, all the anger in my body was overcome by fear and I ran. I wish I could say I ran for a video camera, but I just ran. I know I've been talking about how much I hate when people don't investigate things, but I'm so so terrified that I ran. I am now the pussy. (laughs) Once I got out of my room, I ran to my car and drove away and spent the night at a friend's house. Once I realized what happened, I was in a cold shiver and scared out of my mind for the entire night. I was too scared to go back home until my parents came home. My sister was still there. Uh, I waited until they came back on Sunday, and then I came over. They asked me why I took the key and left the closet door open. I just told them I wanted to see if I could sell any of my old toys on eBay. I took one last look in the room and locked the door. Ever since then, nothing happened. I didn't know why the thing stopped, but I'm always hoping it's not because I let her out, like in the ring or something, and she's really and that she's really evil. Since nothing has happened since then, I do really hope that I helped her out in some way. But in all honesty, I don't care. My parents moved after I went to college. I had no intention of ever going back. Well, obviously, because they moved. I came up with a theory that the male family member in her family was really mean to her and hated her playing in there and possibly beat her while the female family member always felt sad, hence my sister, and the girl's willingness to open up to her first. Anyways, like I said, there was just all theory, but I kind of makes sense. This all happened last year, and the more I think about it, the harder it is to remember. Sorry for typing all, such a long post. I didn't re- realize I had this much to tell. <laughs> that was a dumb ending. I, I, so there's a banality to these stories that I, I suppose you have to get used to a little bit. Because you gotta, you gotta remember, these are just random people sometimes talking about experiences they, they personally had. There's a level of bullshit you kind of have to displace when someone tells a narrative like this. But I liked this one because the houses I have lived in in my life did have the little secret rooms, little crawl spaces. And our parents did tell us to stay away from them because they were worried we'd get locked inside of them. So we did. And I remember when we sold both of the houses, just opening up those spaces for the first time and just being like, man, I could have hid so much cool shit back here. Anyway, Herbert D. Frog here. I'm going to read two stories about a monster called the Wistful. Ah, yes. 
you know the blissful? No. Cool. We don't have an author. This is from Not Hot But Spicy. And this is going to be a short introduction and then two stories about something called The Blistful. And which the is Blistening. B-W-Y-S-T-F-E-L. Blistful. I was maybe seven when my great-grandmother died at the age of 96. Okay. That's it. That's the end of this story. Good story. The blissful. <laughs> she was Welsh, and a smiling, stooped-back woman with keen blue eyes and a maze of wrinkles. Apart from several stories which I recall my grandmother being annoyed that I was told, I know little about my great-grand. Scared I would forget her altogether a few years after she died, I sat down and tried to remember what she told me, making notes for myself. The below is taken from the notes I and my own memory. You can read these two stories in a number of ways. A very old tale of a shadow person, ghost, demon, fairy, beast, or a child imagination, or a child's imagination, or maybe just an attempt to frighten me. I'm repeating them as I was told them. Spellings of probably Welsh words are all approximate, where there's a asterisk I've quoted directly from my notes, but I'm not sure what she or I meant. So this is great. I'm really glad I'm going to read this shit. <laughs> the Blistful and the Bone Den. That's what I call my basement. Welcome to the Bone Den. I need to get out of here. <laughs> Butterball in the big bone den. When I was a child, I lived in Radnorshire. Why do you have to bring him back up? One of seven children and the youngest of six girls. As my parents had six other girls and an infant boy to take care of, they left me to myself and I ran about like a wild thing. Not that they didn't love me, but they had other things to do. I was about five when I began to see the blistful. It roamed about the farm, slipping in the shadows, and the only way to see it was to look for the shapes that were darker than the spaces between stars. Its mad eyes were like coal sparks. It <laughs> laughed like a goat in pain, and it was always angry. I watched it from a distance one spring. I saw it kill a nest of sparrows, closing its hands about the nest until the little naked birds smothered on its flesh. One summer, it poisoned the sheep, biting the ewe's legs until rotten infection ate into their flesh that no about of doctoring could fix. Later, it skulked into the shed and sliced the handyman's chest open, then danced his blood up the walls and over the rafters. My parents said it was an accident, but knew better. The blissful did it, I told my father, and he boxed my ears for being a liar. No one believed me at all, except the blissful itself. Except for Amazon, because he used Amazon boxes. <sighs> it grew angrier. At night, it crept into my room, giggling and ripping the blankets away and pinching me. Is this Jeff I Bezos? shared a bed with two of my sisters. We didn't all have separate rooms like you do. And when the blissful came, we shivered together, too afraid to move until morning. We were very little girls, and nobody trusted us with a candle, so we had no way to drive the thing away. 
It tormented us in whispers, calling us names and telling us we were bad children, because our prayers that it would leave us be that that it would leave us be weren't answered. My sisters refused to speak a word of it, and they wore the wistful inflicted bruises like jewelry, saying they'd fallen over or been bitten by a cat. I decided I would have to find the blissful myself and scared away. I took the statuette of Florence Nightingale that my mother gave us to hold when we were sick and a stone with a hole in it, both for luck. As it turned out, I would need the luck. I walked for ages, got lost, and eventually stumbled into a small wooded cop copse where I had never been before. Under the trees, it was cold air and pine needles, and dried leaves lay thick upon the patchy grass. I clutched Florence, the and then I saw the bones! <coughs> Bleached and ancient, they lay scattered in so wide circle. Small bones, large bones, bones half buried in the loam, bones with scraps of dried flesh still clinging to them. A sheep skeleton hung suspended in the tangle of a blackberry bush, and canes had grown through the eye sockets of birds. I started to cry. I knew I'd found the den of the blissful. Redfish, bluefish, greenfish. The blissful appeared from nowhere, okay. crouched down on the tawny grass like a cat about to pounce. The ivory of the bones jutted up around its little fingers, clawing, trying to drag it down. You'd better run, small girl, the blissful hissed. Better run, or your brother boy will break his bones. Snap, snap. It vanished, only to appear again behind me. Terrified, I flung my lucky stone at it. The stone passed right through its head, and the ghoul screamed. Ah! I'd seen enough. I bolted, dropping Florence, rushing headlong toward where I thought the nearest road should be, and once there I kept going. My skirt ripped to ribbons by thorns, and my legs stung with nettles, until turning a corner, I ran smack into my grandfather. Hello. He was a big man, my grandfather, and he swung me off my feet and held me as I sobbed. What's wrong, darling? he asked. Wrong and when I calmed some, I told him the blissful and what it said, and instead of being angry as my father had been, he listened. His brow furrowed. Are you feeling brave, darling? Do you think you could be brave for me? When I nodded, he had me show him where I'd gone, and then he sat me on a bank and gave me his best silver snuff box to hold. I'm going after the blissful, he told her. You stay here in the sunshine, and I'll be back soon. If any bad bussy comes, you hit it with that. That bussy. That bussy. So I waited, shaking, afraid for my granddaddy and afraid of the blissful and afraid of what mother would do if I lost Florence. Finally, granddad came back, flushed and bleeding from a hundred cuts on his hands. He looked angry, more angry than I'd ever seen him, for was the for he was the mildest of men. The blissful beast is dead again, he told me, and under the soil where it belongs. He spat upon the earth and the ground, the moisture in it with his boot heel. 
What do you mean, dead again? I asked. And Grandad was quiet for a time. Then he said, The Wistful was an unchristian damned who hurt small things because he loved pain. When I was a boy, old Thomas killed him, but young Thomas found where he lay and let him out. I'll sort him out for good, son, for good soon, and he won't bother you anymore. And when he arrived at my father's house, he made excuses for my torn dress and tear-stained face, saying I've been attacked by a dog and Florence had been broken as I tried to escape. And then, without another word, he went to the shed and fetched the dead handyman's bottle of whiskey, gunpowder, and a box of matches. I never went back, but I heard of a fire that burned bone-den trees to the ground. If nothing else is true, the Florence Nightingale statue still has, statuette still exists, and has indeed been broken and glued back together. Interesting. I like the part where it goes, eh. Yeah. <laughs> the next one is called The Wistful and the Handyman, albeit a little bit shorter. I loved the Wistful story, wouldn't you be pleased to know your great-granny tried to kick some paranormal butt? And after many pleas and the repetition of the original story dozens of times, I convinced my great-grand to elaborate. And when, while I have mismatched incomplete notes on some of the other stories, this was the one she told most often. The handyman was a widower and a drunk, yet good-natured and pious all the time. He never swore in front of the ladies, and he always tipped his cat to mother. mother. Somehow, though, he angered the boistful. Everywhere he went, the thing would follow, cursing low and solid in his ears. It pushed him into ditches and stuck bramble canes in his in bed. His so would awaken covered in needlepoint scratches. The handyman and father were good friends, and the handyman often ate with my family. As the weeks passed, the man grew paler and paler and began, became jumpy, starting at every sound. I watched the blissful slithering around his ankles and snickering. He couldn't see it, but he could hear it, and he thought he was going mad. At dinner one night, the handyman told us that he was having nightmares, horrible nightmares of rotting things, and that he could smell the carrion when he woke. By this point, my father was worried for his friends, and together they pried the floorboards up, looking for dead mice, and found them. Along with the handyman's missing cat, curled up under the floor just below the foot of the bed where it used to sleep. Everyone agreed that the cat must have been hunting mice, become trapped, and starved. That didn't explain the broken necks, or the dried corpses of a hundred bees laying in rows under the bed. Eventually, the handyman, too, began to see what I knew was the blissful. He said that he could feel it stare, and when he slept, the shadows seemed to move, growing larger, then smaller, then larger again. Things tapped on the walls at night, and knocked on the windows, and breathed cold breath on his face. The milk turned sour and the butter rancid, and cracks appeared in every plate that the handyman owned, and then things got even worse. I was playing nearby when the scream came, the blissful shrieked with its goat laughter, and the sound of crashing and scraping metal echoed outside of my shed. 
chickens ran willy-nilly and the dog, lying beside me, barked and barked, the hair on its back bristling like a brush. Mother burst from our house and ordered me away. Every rusted farm tool in that little shed had come off its hooks. The handyman died a few days later from a blow to the head and an infection from a pitchfork cut. He had never woken up. Naturally, I cannot vouch for the accuracy of these stories, nor do I know what a blissful is. All I can add was that the smiling great-grand I knew didn't exist when she recounted these stories. At least once afterwards, she stayed up all night with the light on, also out of my grandmother's hearing, and after a good bit of sherry, she made me promise that if I ever met anything like the blissful, I was to go straight to the nearest church and stay there. It's a good fucking rule to have. If you uh, deal with weird shit, GTFO immediately. My name is Wissy the Bussy. Yeah, it's very interesting. Daddy Daddy just wants to talk about some Bussy. Bussy. Unknown author. New Hampshire Bay School. The Wire Man. Hey, buddy, I made a wire. <laughs> you got any pants for my wiry frame? They fall off. But look at my donger. My wire dong. I'm a I'm man after a all. A man that was once made of wire, now I made of flesh. I shall wear your flesh. Have you ever seen? Yes. Have you yes. ever seen yes. the movie Road Trip? Such a classic. <laughs> I love it. The wire man. <laughs> you know, Orbit just this drunk that watches The Wire. Nice. <laughs> but he won't watch uh he's so convinced that it's the best Vince Gilligan show ever that he won't watch uh Breaking Bad. You know, everybody, you know you know. It's a better show. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Last night I was derailed from seeing a movie by a pal of mine, Jay. Mm, who needed a ride to a barbecue. Mm. <laughs> With an invite as barter. Damn right I could see the movie another time. Okay, cool. We arrive at Lindsay's house where her roommates were all running about, organizing the contents of 11, 11 empty grocery bags. Meat here, condiments there, booze here, etc. I know to Lindsay that I liked her new home. It's much bigger, roomier, and safer than her previous one, to which she looked a little puzzled. You you must be referring to a house on Nashville Street because you never saw the other one. Lindsay's roommate Emily finished. So you don't know how know the story of the place in between the place you knew us to live in and this one, right? What? <laughs> so you don't know the story of the place in between the place you knew us to live in and this one, right? Yeah. Lindsay asked. Like what the fuck? That's a sentence. Sure. Uh, understood there. Curious of all the wide-eyed, uneasy looks making myself wordlessly obvious that I'd not, I'd not a clue. They called in the third roommate, Brianne, followed by Jay. They took turns, adding in their two cents, confirming little details, adding others to which they all agreed upon. 
as the story progressed rather than make this uh sorry one second okay harold heavy hands wanted me to slip a finger in you oh and he just texted me saying did i get a finger slip yet oh cool yeah they took turns adding in their <laughs> two cents confirming little details adding others to which they all agreed upon as the story progressed rather than make this a back and forth story of four people interjecting i'll tell you tell to you third person on carrollton avenue in new orleans Lindsay had parted with her previous roommate and got together two girls from school she didn't know so well brianne and emily and got a decent place. The place in question was rather roomy in a good location above all a hell of a bargain. The house, like most of the neighborhood, is nearly 100 years old. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, when Emily and Lindsay arrived to move their belongings in, they saw a note on the door on the furthest room from the front door. There was a note by Brianne saying that she'd already claimed it, which annoyed the two other girls. A blessing in disguise. Within the first week or two, Brienne and the girls were all in the house together. Lindsay and Emily supposedly asleep, and Brienne up all night, determined to finish the book she was reading. At some time between 2 to 4 a.m., she reached the last page of her text, closing the book and settling into bed to see if she was tired enough to sleep just yet. Note that the book was not a mystery horror book. Okay. Thanks. And that she had an elated feeling about what she just read. She was replacing the book back on the shelf. <sighs> In general, before bed tidying up, when the light above her started flickering, flicker with, then went out, Brandon turned off all the lamps around the room, leaving the one near her desk on. Wait, so the one, like, above her do something? Okay, whatever. <laughs> she soon found out she couldn't sleep, so she sat up again and turned on the television, putting in a cartoon DVD in hopes that it'd tire her out before the sun came up. She heard a rapping on the wall and stood... I was kind of waiting for it. <laughs> Not knowing if it came from her door or her wall, Brianne lowered a volume on the TV, fearing it woke up a roommate, and approached a corner of the room where the noise was coming from. It wasn't the door, it wasn't the wall, it was coming from the closet. Oh, fuck. What Brianne didn't know at the time was that her deep closet shared a wall with Emily's equally deep closet, not Emily's wall. What? Brienne assumed it was Emily who was knocking and crept back into bed in silence. Again, the rapping coursed through the room. So, Brienne got up, exited the room, only to find Emily fast asleep in her own room. Her body splayed nowhere near the wall in question. She splayed as a choice word, I guess. That she it is. checked on Lindsay, who was also full, fully asunder. Hmm another choice word uh her room too far for her to have knocked on the wall to do so loud enough to gain Brian's attention would have woken up the whole house confused and a little weirded out just a little Brianne returned to her room closed the door and turned off the tv and remained lamps in reach for the desk lamp which turned off before she could hit the switch whoa bro that's crazy Hashtag green tits. She retreated her hand and surprised <laughs> flickered on. She then reached forward again and she successfully managed to turn off, the desk lamp having given up on a life of its own. Suddenly, light flooded a room. The overhead light blasted into life. Perhaps it wasn't the bulb that broke, but simply a loose socket? 
Brienne in a few seconds took her to turn around and head towards the light switch became uneasy. Sure, it was scary and the visual impact of the overhead light flickering like crazy was intimidating enough, but it wasn't without the realm of reason that this old house had loose bulbs, sockets, even wiring to which she could have a chat with the landlord about investigating before an inner wall fire could occur. Brienne consoled herself with such thoughts as she approached the light switch in the strobed room, strobed room to finally turn off and put an end to the ordeal for tonight. However, she began to believe the strobing effect of the light flickering on and off maniacally was making her see things. Or not. Who knows? For once, yeah, for once she got to the light switch, light which has been frantically flipping up and down on its own. She jumped back in panic as the strobing continued for a full few seconds, then suddenly stopped. Falling a few moments later in the darkness was the knocking, making a reappearance, but much, much louder than before. Bran grabbed what she could, and she got the fuck <laughs> out of there around 5 a.m., not only not looking back, but too scared to even inform the other girls what went on. It took a long time for Bran to be coaxed back into the house since no strange events had occurred since. Yet Bran wasn't going anywhere near that room, so she slept elsewhere in the house. It was suggested that Bran sleep on the second floor since the weather was good, and the only reason it wasn't used was that the landlord had yet to repair the AC slash heating units up there. Bran refused as tall tale hauntings go. Bran reasoned that she was going to stay away from an attic as far as possible. Despite the fact that all of the happenings occurred in the back bedroom that she once claimed. Weeks passed and Emily had some visitors come over on one occasion. And Lindsay had some of her own on another. Another group of visitors slept more than one night in the house. Citing that they had strange dreams and that they refused to discuss. And they had an unnatural apprehension from going down the hall past Emily's room. Lindsay decided to investigate a bit and entered Brianne's room during the day, finding nothing out of order. <laughs> However, upon inspecting the closet where Brianne had heard pounding noises, she discovered that not only did the back of the closet share a wall with the back of Emily's closet, there's a, a sizable hole. Oh, oh, no. Cut out of it. I know. Enough for a child to pass back and forth. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Upon even closer inspection, hashtag, uh, the walls, <laughs> the wall was shared. Yes, two panels in the back of the two closets. Lindsay shined a light on the little space and found a large spool of industrial wire. She turned the light upwards towards the ceiling and discovered that this little hollow went straight through the second floor and into the attic. She could see a large beam stretching across far above. Lindsay kept this discovery to herself for a few days. Why? Because this is a quote-unquote secret room. <gasps> secret room two. Secret room. The secreting. Uh, a night or two later, Emily was looking rather haggard and explained that it was due to lack of sleep since recurring nightmares had kept jolting her out of slumber. The other two girls pressed on the contents of the dreams. The re-slut. <laughs> the re-slut. Of which... <laughs> Much to their shock. Yeah, whatever. All three girls and one overnight guest had the same <laughs> dream, as did the two previous guests. When contacted, insisted upon the details. Ooh, a very shared dream. Oh, fucking. Oh, hashtag shared dream. Uh, a very old bald man was suspended above him from hashtag wires. Hashtag girl power. <laughs> is hashtag girl power. Ooh, a very old bald man was suspended above them from wires. Somehow attached to his back, oh. reaching up into the blackness. Oh, is this a soundbite situation? Man. 
His arms were slung down, locked at the elbow, as to reach far down as he possibly could. His arms began as skin, muscle, and sinew, but gradually terminated into a cluster of wires. The wireman dangled above the dreamer, waving slash scissoring his arms back and forth at locked length, as if trying to wipe past the faces of the startled dreamer. Finally, the man would buckle as if a few inches of slack was granted from above, and the wireman would immediately and eagerly grasp the sleeper's throat with his wire hands. <laughs> hey, it's me, the wire man, and my wire hands. And um, choke them vigorously! They could hear him smiling. What? Do you hear me smiling? Uh, the dreamer would suffer and die in the dreams before awaking. Awaking. Awakening. Awaking. Awaking. The vast majority of these factors were shared with the dreamers without deviance. Uh, the, a profusely apologetic landlord didn't question a girl's fright. Obviously, there's something he knew they didn't, and offered to send in an exorcist. Apparently, exorcists are few and far between, so the girls popped down to some of the very few reputable psychics. They were marvelously expensive. She got three to come on half pay, half favor. Remember, this is New Orleans. Even if, uh, even I know of a thousand psychics, but I only believe three or four of them. It should be noted that Lindsay was smart about this. She didn't mention anything about the room, dreams, or actual location of the house, and she... And should the psychics wish to investigate before they come to the site, Lindsay convinced them to accept the job with as very little info as possible. And all the girls were there when the psychics showed up, offering them nothing but listening to everything. Well, don't even offer them a drink or something. <laughs> the psychics entered the house and all of its rooms feeling nothing until they got to the last room in the hall, where all three of them looked at each other in discomfort. One began crying. <laughs> They backed out of the room. Lindsay took them into Emily's room and showed them the little room between the closets. Obviously from the safe side and direct their attention upward. Soon after, the band of explorers would find themselves in a dreaded attic and had found a crossbeam in question. If I had a deeply etched groove of wear from a once-taught wire and was indeed centered directly above that little asshole. <laughs> The psychics soon joined the girls in the living room and discussed what they felt. Apparently, a long time ago, a woman had run off from her husband and little boy. The husband refused to let the child go outside, thinking that he'd run off, and the only way the mother would return was if the child was there. She'd surely not come back if it was just the father. One day, tired of the weight, the father locked his son in his bedroom and hung himself with wire. We're not 100% certain in the little room. Not 100% certain. Until, of course, she, he died. Assuming that the mother would soon comfort his son, she didn't. The little boy died of dehydration in his room. While this didn't explain a good half of what went on, the psychic... <laughs> yeah, the psychic went on to say, Well, there was some sort of torture. Perhaps self-torture. You want to know how I got these stars? <laughs> um, but I don't know if the preceded man and his boy... Boy... Or if it involved the man and his boy. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get what they're saying now. Uh, we threw down many tarot cards, and despite the meaning of the hanged man that we all accept, it came up every damn hand. We used 108 cards. It came up every three cards. After a thorough reshuffle, I think it's demanding a new meaning. 
perhaps an obvious one. We don't know. We don't normally do this, but certain impressions are undeniable. The landlord offered a second property, bigger, better, and cheaper, to which the girls took and presently live. The girls, when they think of it, did a little investigating. Here's what they came up with. Neighbors had seen six sets of tenants come and go in the last two years alone. Their pal Brian, who had several nervous breakdowns, including crying in class and walking around bug-eyed in the year previous, turned out having lived in that very house. In that very room for six months, Brian was mortified when the girls admitted that they stared there. They stayed there. He even recalled the wireman dream with huh. eerie clarity and description. Apparently, his state has improved in the time he has been out of that house. The house is currently unoccupied. Is the wireman everything you wanted it to be and more? No. Oh, okay. That was a shame. Thought it would be better. I mean, there is something bad. creepy about a kind of Cenobite creepy man kind of hanging from your ceiling coming down to get you like a creepy spider person. But, uh... Depends on what you were looking for. Some Slenderman shit? Yeah, I don't know. I thought there was going to be a little more to that. Well, to wrap this up, this is going to be the last story, which is, uh, again, another unknown author. It's called The Haunted Ship. The Haunted Shit. Three <laughs> encounters. Oh, okay. One. While the ship is in port, most of the equipment in the reactor and machinery rooms is shut down and everything is aligned so that only a skeleton crew is needed to maintain the equipment. In the machinery rooms, which contain the propulsion machinery, distillers, and electrical generators, this consisted of one shut-down watch and one roving watchstander, with occasional visits from the crewman who was the overall supervisor for the plants. The machinery room has three levels. The topmost level is the fourth deck. It's a single story high. There's a steep staircase that descends about 30 or 40 feet to the middle level called the upper level. And another that goes down another 10 feet to the lowermost level called lower level. Oh, who would have guessed? On upper level, which is the mid level, was a desk at which most of, of which most at which we most spent our time while on shutdown watch. There's very little to do while overseeing a shutdown engine room, so between about 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. the shutdown watch tries fighting against falling asleep while simultaneously staving off boredom. Unless you're in number two main machinery room around two. AM. Like I pointed out, there's a long steep staircase from fourth deck to upper level, and it had a tray along the other side made of aluminum. It was impossible to sneak down these steps because the slightest vibration would start the aluminum vibrating and rumbling. Think about those sheets of aluminum they use to make thunder sound effects. When 2 a.m. rolled around, the sound of footsteps and rumbling would be heard, and the tray would be seen to vibrate. Then there would be the sound of a foot on a metal deck plate, and if you were sitting at the desk, you'd then see a man in a khaki uniform stop at the bottom of the stairs, turn his left to face you, smile, nod, 
then turn to his right and walk around the distiller and out of sight. The first few times I blew it off of some watch supervisor doing his tour of the plant and would wait at the desk to review my logs, but he never came back. So I asked about it. Shouldn't the watch supervisor check my records every time he comes down? He should, but he came and checked my records before you went on watch and said he wouldn't be back until morning. When did you see him? About 2 a.m. Oh, if you find anything out, be sure to tell us. Nobody would tell me what that was supposed to mean! <gasps> A week later, I was on the late watch again, as the new guy, loser, equal me, found myself struggling to stay awake even with coffee and the ventilation making the place into a freezer. I was wide awake, though, when I heard the footsteps, getting caught sleeping equals you are so very fucked. So, sure enough, same thing. Look, smile, around the distiller. I called out to him, do you want to review my records, and followed him around the distiller, but I didn't see him. I picked up a phone, called the control room to have him paged, and they informed me that he was not in the plant, but had asked for a 5am wake-up. Next time, I was set to find out what was up with this guy. I thought maybe he was some clueless guy from damage control or deck, doing a tour of the ship and not knowing he was supposed to be in a restricted area, and I heard the steps, got up from my desk, got my first good look at the guy, and realized that I couldn't make out a lot of details about him. He walked around the distiller, and when I went the other way to intercept him, I rounded the corner and saw nobody. The guys I worked with told me their experiences were the same, that nobody had ever gotten any response from the ghost, but a smile and a nod, and that nobody had been brave enough to get close enough to him to see what had happened when he rounded the corner. If anyone was waiting at the bottom of the stairs, he wouldn't show, and only rarely did he appear to both the shutdown watch and the roving patrol watch. I tried this on several occasions. He only appeared once. These are the stories I like to read. The ones where it's like, no, I'm seriously a guy, and I seriously had like an encounter with something I can't explain, and I need to write about this. Yeah, well, there's a certain level of technicality to it that I can appreciate as context. Not enough wire, man. <laughs> not hot but spicy stands for not having better stories. <laughs> <gasps> Number two, there are a series of compartments that contain the bearings for the shafts that run from the turbines in the machinery room to the propellers at the aft end of the ship. Known as shaft alleys, they double as auxiliary equipment, pump rooms, and storage areas. Two such rooms have steam generators used to produce the cooking and heating steam for the ship. One is divided into two levels and is accessible by a ladder running down a seven-story vertical shaft. Several oh, hatches sure. are spaced along the shaft. Sure. In that room, the steam reboiler has an alarm panel. And when the water level gets too high or low, an alarm sounds. The watch standard then has to turn a knob from on to standby to silence the siren. When the water level is normal, another sound is heard, and the knob can be returned to its normal position. I had heard stories about strange workings of that panel, but it had recently been overhauled and was found to be mechanically and electrically sound. 
I was working on repairing some valves on the lower level when one of the alarms came in. I stood up, walked towards the steps of the upper half of the room when the alarm silenced. I went back to work, thinking that it was a spurious activation. It happens occasionally, was expected and tolerated to a degree. Soon, the sound of the alarm clearing came in and was silenced. I checked the panel. All the knobs were in the normal position, and everything was in spec. Back downstairs to work, and another alarm comes in. I walk to the panel, check the water level gauge. Sure enough, it's risen too high and was starting to come down. The high water level alarm was in silence position. I was the only one in the room, and the hatch above my head was shut securely. A little nervous, I went back to work. The alarm cleared, and on inspection, the switch was back in its normal position again. This continued for a few more cycles, and each time I investigated, the switches were alternately in normal and standby positions. Getting very freaked out, I turned the switch that cuts the sound of the alarms out and tried to forget the weirdness going on above. Fifteen minutes later, I nearly pissed myself when an alarm sounded, and sure enough, when I got there, it was in standby, and the cutout switch for the audible alarms was back in normal position. I had heard some stories about other goings-on in that space, such as hoses coming off the rack, falling to the floor next to the pocket, under the floor that needed to be pumped out, or ropes and hoses moving back and forth while the ship was still, and then experienced the one that I'd been told about most frequently. Above me, I heard footsteps on the metal deck plates. A quick inspection of the hatch showed that it was still shut. I figured someone had been hiding and was fucking with me all along, so I went upstairs to see who was making the noise. Nobody there. I heard the footsteps downstairs and ducked to look. There's only about two ways to get from the upper lower deck, and they're only 30 feet apart. Nobody. I went back downstairs to pick up my things and heard the footsteps above. I shouted out, I don't believe in you, bitch, and heard a few quick steps on the floor moving toward me, followed by a slap against my wrist that sent my pen flying across the room. I was through the hatch and up the shaft in record time, shutting and securing every hatch on the way down, and I refused to go back down there for weeks after that and did not go alone. Shaft? Number three. Oh, baby. In another shaft alley. Shaft? Shaft alley. This is shaft town. Shaft alley. Uh, was a deal on you. Shaft alley was a cage with a lot of old equipment. People used to hang out there to smoke and bullshit because although it was against the regulations, it was more convenient than going to the designated areas. Nobody ever came down to check out this room. Even so, there was always an uneasy feeling there. And nobody stayed down there for more than 20 minutes or so, claiming that they started to get bad vibes. A few times, people who spent time there, myself included, claimed to feel malevolent presence staring at them from the shadows inside the cage. Investigations. One friend of mine had his wife send him a Ouija board and offered to let us use it. We snuck it into the various spaces we felt were quote-unquote haunted, and tried to contact whatever spirits were responsible for the odd behavior in the rooms. We got minimal responses in the machinery room, and I was not present for the attempts in the reboiler room, but was told that they didn't get much response there either. So into the creepy room we went, 
jackpot. We managed to contact somewhere between four and six separate entities, but we suspect that it was two plus one that answered by several names to deceive us. Nobody else was knowledgeable with a re religious esoterica, numerology, or Kabbalah, so I asked questions on those topics as to test the spirits and to be sure nobody was fudging the board, with very pos positive results. The spirit in the machinery room was the first attempt. After determining that it wasn't someone else pushing the pointer, I asked, Who are you? Spelled khaki, K-H-A-K-I. That's what we call you, yes, but what's your name? No, K-H-A-K-I. My name is K-H-A-K-I. Is that because that's the name we gave you, or because you don't want to tell us your real name? Yes, then no. We could get no further with its name after several attempts. Why do you walk downstairs? Where do you go after you walk behind the distiller? Not sleeping. Here, ladder, not sleeping. What happened to you? Were you sleeping? Fire. Sleeping. Fire. And you want to make sure we're not sleeping? Yes. No. Oh. God damn it. Khaki didn't tell us much else and gave vague and contradictory answers about the fire in question. We asked around, but nobody knew of a fire in the machinery room. Although it's very possible one did occur, we were unable to find any records of a fire. And when I left the ship, the walkthroughs were still going on. Contact with the thing from the reboiler was tougher, and at times we were not sure we were always talking to the same entity, so we could test it to be certain. In the end, we were fairly sure that the entity was confused and had a short attention span. Conversations were very short, and it often strayed from the topic at hand, or asked us to sing a song before it would talk. Some of the others tried contacting it under varying circumstances, and told me the only information they got that seemed consistent was that the ghost, who they called Patrick, although it usually referred to itself as me or the captain, seemed to be that of a young boy who loved ships, who had visited the Vincent, and was shown the quote-unquote machine with the red lights and the siren. It seemed implausible, since civilians were not allowed on the space, and certainly not a small boy. However, the stories, checked by independent testers, came up the same time each. Over a few weeks, he became more talkative, but did not answer many ship-related questions, instead asking us about places we'd visited on the ship. We tried to speak to the thing in the cage and met with a lot of resistance. Either the board would not work, or it would spew forth random letters or obscene words, or it would behave in a very difficult or contrary manner. We suspected that most of the entities as mentioned above were this single ghost playing tricks. It claimed to, to be a woman who died in the 1920s, long before the ship was built. A mechanic who died on the ship. And the quote-unquote devil. When using the board to speak to it, the malevolent feelings grew and people using the board began to feel very paranoid and uncomfortable. After one quote-unquote argument with it about my intentions when contacting it, it said, I hate you, fuck your numbers and questions, we hate you. I did not try to speak to it again. In time, it, they, began to ask for specific people to use the board and would not talk until they were brought into the room. Six of us held conference and decided that we didn't want to pursue it any further 
as some of the guys were really shook up over the incidents, and those seemed to be the ones it most often requested. Our investigations stopped shortly thereafter, and my friend took the board off the ship after several of the newbies who had heard about the ghosts continued to pester him about borrowing it. I live for that shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that last one, that last one was worth the lot of them. You know, I'll tell you what was worth a lot of them. Hashtag. Girl power. Hashtag Wireman. Hashtag Wireman. Wireman. You're bringing back the Wireman after he let you down so, so soon? He transcends all. And just I being a wish I story. could agree. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you. Shaking that ass. Wiring yourself. Yeah. He really did that, didn't he? Got himself up there. He did what he had Swing to do. it around. Swing it around. Swinging I'm coming chain. for you. I'm coming for you. Swinging, <laughs> swinging my arms. That's it. I'm gonna get you. I'm basically a Cenobite. I'm gonna choke you. I'm a I'm basically, cinnamon bite. I'm basically your abusive grandfather. Get it? Haha, <laughs> yeah. Smack, choke. Here's a kiss. <laughs> How'd that make you feel? Wife, are you back yet? Dirty. Oh, are you doing the character from Hellraiser? It's pretty good. Yeah, Teeth Boy. No, that's Chatterbox. Yeah, yeah. And all he does is go. I hope that picks it up. I hope it's picking it up. I think he got some pips. I think I saw some. Oh, this was some not hot but spicy fucking episode 11 or some shit. So, we have a lot more not hot but spicy to read. So, the the reason, and I, t I think I tell this every, every time we read a not hot but spicy episode, the reason I like that website is because the guy who owned it wrote, like, a really long story, like a 600-page story that I really liked reading, mm. but I don't know if we'd ever be able to read it on the podcast because it's just so fucking long. But it's essentially about this the dude's experience, one of the user's experiences, um, when they were stationed up in the, um, the, like, Swiss mountains at an old base that had existed during World War II. And just, like, all the creepy shit that happened to him, his friends getting stuck there during a blizzard. Like, it reads like fiction, but there's a part of you that, like... Wants it to be real. Hopes it's real. Yeah. And it, um... It's just haunting. It's just some haunting shit. And, um... The cool thing about that story is how plausible it's written, because it's called uh, 50 Foot Ant. And the reason it's called 50 Foot Ant is because no one, no one believes... No one's crazy enough to believe in a 50-foot ant. Correct. You're, you're talking crazy. Those are, that's so big. But maybe when you look at it from, like, taking a step back and thinking about it, maybe. 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 You know what else is maybe? Maybe is Maybelline. Oh, and the other reason he called it 50-foot ant is because if it actually existed, it would, like, fucking destroy humanity. Well, yeah. So that's that's a part of the, the, the crux of the story, is that he's telling this story about something that could really change someone's life. You yeah. know, it could change mankind as an existing thing on the planet. So, 
it's it's fun. It's interesting. We might we might go there at some point. I might like pull everyone on the podcast to read different parts of it because it's such such a long fucking narrative. Um, it's also multi-parted. Like, um, it's like three different stories in one or something. Like each story is like two hundred pages. Um, anyway, some good not hot but spicy shit. Um, I like I like the. I like little stories about a little creepy shadow monster following my family around. I like haunted house stories. I like haunted ships. I like Wireman. I like... I like... The one thing I liked about Wireman... The one thing I will give it props for... Are people sharing dreams. That is a creepy fucking thing to think about. Yeah, I think the only because good of it... all of our dreams come from us. All of our dreams come from our chemicals and how we're feeling and what we've seen and what we choose to to put on the projector in our brain. So if we if someone is capable of tapping into someone else's dream or if something is powerful enough to make multiple people share the same dream, I don't want to meet it. Yeah. I don't want it to wire hang above my bed and try to choke me out and fucking make me call it daddy and shit. We had to go there. Yeah, no. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag me too. Oh, bro. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> We're gonna be canceled. <laughs> Is no. Don't do that. You sound so sad at the prospect of our show being canceled. I believe in you. Hashtag She Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Is there any is there any final words you wanted to say? Anything you wanted to share um, uh, before we end the episode and I have to cut uh like seventy five percent of our of our small talk. Some might say I'm a fan of the finer things in life, but I'm more so a fan of the wire things in life. Holy shit, dude. I still have to name the episode not hop and spicy. Yeah, okay. Like no you don't. <laughs> not wire but spicy. Nope. Whatever. I have to. It's it's a part of a series. I have not to hot, but wiry. I have to name it like part eight of the series because it's all not hot. Get Vince Gilligan on the phone. He's gonna make the He'll wire make a new series, man. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the wire, comma man. Yeah, and it's gonna be all about uh, Brienne living in that room. And then the only bit of the, that story too that I'll comment against it because it was well written and everything brilliant you know makes everything that is existed in the world look like trash <laughs> but uh point being is the wireman is the best thing we've read on this show yeah probably we peaked yeah um but no it's more I so think the I should cancel of... the show after this because we're never gonna go <laughs> yeah, anywhere this is the last episode I'm in the middle of a series with Cannibal Siren right now and I'm just gonna cancel it yeah, because tell her to we, fuck we off. wiremaned yeah she'll never understand what wireman really is yeah Maybe. It's a concept. It's a way of life. It actually is, if you really think about it, conceptually, you know. You know, if they ever took Pinhead <laughs> and 
<laughs> wanted to make him what more if Pinhead, friendly. What if you Pinhead know, was people, a girl, though? No, 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 not that, not that. We're not going that route. What if Don't Pinhead worry. had tits? But what if they wanted to, like, friendly Pinhead a bit? And hashtag you know, girl power. Hashtag friendly pinhead. Um, and what you don't know is there are like nine fucking Hellraiser movies, and in three of them, he's not a bad guy. Hey, hey it's good to know he's, he's not a just bad hanging guy. out sometimes, you know? He's just like, hey, that's my box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, hey, by the way, look, give me my box, but let me get that box. No, in the second one, he legit plays a protagonist at a certain point. He like saves Christy from. The, the black pyramid in the uh in like the underworld. So my point being is yeah. people who do it's not really a pyramid, it's like a rhombus. Nail art like where they put nails in a board and they do you know, twine and stuff around it. Oh, okay. Wireman, that's it. That's always getting at. Oh, okay. Again, cool. I was just gonna turn pinhead into wireman. So you can just wrap little wire around all yeah, these little yeah, pins yeah. on his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it that cool S that we used to draw on our binders oh, in fucking middle bro, school. Oh, bro. And on a final note, um, <laughs> bro, you took my ending bit. I did. Away to the day.